kind of went back and forth, and it was left to him to make a decision whether or not he was going to be involved, and that was going to that was really necessary to to trigger the launch. And he said, "Hey, if I hadn't decided to try to hit it through the trees, sometimes in my career, none of us would be here." Hey guys, welcome back to Beyond High Street. David Schwab here. A day before the 2019 Masters. So, of course, we needed to add a little golf to the pod. On the pod today, John Podani. John, fellow Miami alum, is the CEO of Arnold Palmer Enterprises, the president of Arnold Palmer Charitable Foundation, and is in charge of the business and community side of Arnold Palmer's life, estate, and business. He's only six months into the job, but you'll hear in the pod as he's, he's taking it in 100-day increments in trying to figure out goal setting. Long-term uh, structure and strategy, but 100-day increments to make sure they're doing what they need to do and, and move them forward. He's an incredible choice by the organization. He's an innovator. He's smart. And he's as respectful as Mr. Palmer. They, they really did a great job getting John over there coming from the LPGA. Um, where he was most recently. What I think's best about this pod, and, and when you listen, you'll hear the great stories and everything they're doing to uh, uh, better Arnold Palmer Enterprises and to build on the unbelievable philanthropic man he was to to really support children's efforts and, and, and other needs in the future. But what you're going to really like is we're talking about a guy who is a finance major coming out of Miami got a job in the finance department at P&G and took a job as a finance employee at the age of 21 to now become the CEO of Arnold Palmer Enterprises. It's a great story. It's an incredible lesson for everybody. It's not where you start, but what you do with it. I hope you enjoy the pod with John. I did. It's a huge honor. Um, you know, I feel a, a deep sense of responsibility, um, having had the good fortune to work in the golf industry for 24 years um, and growing up, you know, a golfer, there's there's no, <clears throat> no bigger name in our sport than Arnold Palmer. Um, you know, you can argue that there have been better players, you can, you know, but there's there's no one who's been more important to the game in so many ways than, than Arnold Palmer. So I really, um, you know, like I said, feel a, a deep sense of obligation to make sure that we carry forward his legacy and, and use his life and what he's impacted in a way that continues to inspire others. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's surreal. You know, I ha- I've had the opportunity to meet him um, in person, work with him a little bit when I was at the PGA Tour, and and now to be you know charged with helping to carry forward his legacy is pretty cool. And I know it's you're, you're in six months into the job, and so you're still figuring out all of Arnold Palmer Enterprises and AP Charitable Foundation and a PGA Tour event, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But if you could summarize it a little bit of what what all is under Arnold Palmer Enterprises. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, he he just had uh, his hands in in so many things, you know, and built so many uh, good businesses and made you know such an impact charitably. So, um, you know, starting with the Arnold Palmer Enterprises side, that's that's um, really all the licensed business and and uh, you know use of his name around the world, and and that is still quite substantial today. You know, in North America, we've got things like, of course, the Arnold Palmer Tea Lemonade, you know, drink with Arizona Beverage, and uh, we just signed a new apparel deal with Puma. Um, but internationally, especially in Asia, it remains very strong. There are 400 Arnold Palmer stores uh, in Asia, <laughs> Japan, Korea, you know, Hong Kong, China, and then um, something like 13,000 um, know, customer facings because there's stores within stores. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a huge, huge presence uh, worldwide and from an Arnold Palmer Enterprises standpoint, and, you know, Built around, of course, the famous umbrella icon and uh, and his famous signature, you know, which he took such great care to sign legibly. Um, so he made some really good uh, brand decisions early on, you know, in his career, as well as obviously how he represented himself. So that's Arnold Palmer Enterprises, and then on the foundation side. Um, you know, they obviously there's a relationship here with the Arnold Palmer Hospital um, in Orlando and the Winnie Palmer Hospital for Women and Babies. There's um, the Winnie Palmer Nature Reserve in Latrobe. Um, there's um, a character development um, plank of the foundation and the Arnold Palmer Cup Collegiate Tournament. Um, and really, you know, the whole mission of the foundation is to uh, create a brighter future for our youth you know, to provide every child the opportunity to live a life well played and to do that through the pillars of children's health, character development, and nature-focused wellness. So um, a big focus will be to, you know, build out and extend the impact of those areas. Um, and uh, there's already a, you know, a terrific head start. The Arnold Palmer Hospital relationship is, you know, coming up on the 30-year anniversary of of that hospital in Orlando, and that's that's been uh you know, a source of uh, a lot of great care for kids in this market. And so a lot to do there. And, and a, you know, a big part of it is, too, the memorabilia that he collected over the years, um, which has been housed in Latrobe and uh, some down here at Bay Hill and trying to figure out how to best utilize those assets reside in the legacy part of the foundation, how to best utilize those assets to continue to tell the story and inspire others. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's the properties side of the business. He, he owns Latrobe Country Club in, in Latrobe, where he was originally from, born, um, and uh, Bay Hill um, here in Orlando, Bay Hill Club and Lodge. Um, and as you referenced, you know, the Arnold Palmer Invitational PGA Tour event, um, the Arnold Palmer Design Company. I mean, it's, uh, it really uh, is a broad and diverse uh, set of businesses and, and foundations, so quite exciting. How do you, it's unbelievable, I mean, what is under literally the umbrella, figuratively and literally under the umbrella. You wake up every morning, you have an unbelievable amount of great stuff to accomplish. How do you balance your time in, in thinking through enterprises, foundation, property, and that work? Yeah, you know, I think it's probably like, um, you know, like a lot of people do with, with any business. We, uh, we tried to, um, we established goals for the year, um, across the different businesses. And then, uh, what I've done so far and, uh, probably I'm going to continue doing this is I had, um, you know, a first hundred day 
um, set of priorities of what I wanted to try to do within my first 100 days, and that was, you know, completed uh, in mid-February or so, and then I had the next 100-day, which will take me through the Arnold Palmer Cup in in early June, and, um, you know, priorities, and then, you know, set those with my team and share those with the broader team, and so we all have a bit of a roadmap of not only what are we trying to accomplish for the full year of 2019, but within 100-day segments or so, what are the what are the most important priorities during that time period? And then, you know, we'll, we'll uh, we're not there yet, but the longer, you know, think, hopefully getting to the point here where it can think even longer term than, you know, than just this year of uh, where do we want to be, you know, five, 10 years from now. So uh, we'll get to that strategic planning here shortly as well. And when you talk about memorabilia, you and I were fortunate being a group um, for dinner, uh, I, I guess, last fall at the Arnold Palmer Restaurant in Palm Springs. And every time you say memorabilia, I, I think back to that room he has uh, in that restaurant, which is a, a museum in itself. I mean, talk, talk a little bit about that room. Um, it's pretty special. Yeah, it really was, you know, and um, we had a, you know, we, we had a table in there, as you know, that seats about 12 people, and people can do private uh, dinners within there, and, um, you know, it features some of his uh, major championship trophies and pictures from all his different engagements over the years, his actual workbench, you know, from his garage out in Palm Springs, um, and, um, you know, just like you said, and we've got a video that uh, we show that shows 10 of the amazing moments in Arnold Palmer's life and um, so that's you know I think that's the kind of thing that we want to bring to life in, in many different places um, so that uh, it's not just one museum somewhere but it's you know being able to tell the Arnold Palmer story to people in California and here in Florida and up in Latrobe and, and perhaps on a traveling basis and one of the things we did this year at the Arnold Palmer Invitational was uh, develop an Arnold Palmer experience so that um, people could touch and feel and experience who he was, and that included, you know, many different components. Um, it had a theater, this 360-degree theater that um, had a six-minute film on his life, and then it had five swing simulators where you could go in and replicate some of his famous <laughs> shots, like hitting, trying to drive the green, first green at Cherry Hills, or um, hitting driver off the deck on 18 at Bay Hill. Um, and then we had six memorabilia cases within this experience, um, touching on all aspects of his life, from champion golfer to aviator to philanthropist, successful businessman. Um, and then we had imagery uh, all around the walls and a timeline of his life and a, a picture opportunity where you could take your picture with him giving a thumbs up and then um, information on the foundation as you exit and people could donate to Arnie's Army if uh, they so chose. So uh, and it got it was really well received, and uh, that's the kind of thing we want to do more of. Yeah, I was going to ask that in terms of reaction. People walked out of there with a smile on their face, and hopefully, even a, a few extra dollars into the foundation too. Yeah, absolutely. We had over twelve hundred people um, donate 
to the foundation. That's great. Uh, 6,000 or so people went through and, you know, a bunch of people donated and literally had people in tears. Mm. Um, and uh, the cool thing was that, as I mentioned, we were able to tell uh, more of a complete story of his his amazing life, um, you know, um, and not just him as a golfer. And uh, it really is. I mean, I think if you take any individual piece of what he, of some of these things, you would say that was an amazing life in and of itself. I mean, if you were obviously his golf career, but uh, also as a pilot, I mean, the number of hours that he piloted and the fact that he set an around the world record flight around the world for a business jet. Um, I mean, he was, he was viewed to be a, you know, flew blue angels. Um, he was viewed to be a very um, talented pilot. Um, then you look at the business he built, as we were just talking, all the different aspects of it. If you just looked at him as a businessman, you'd say he was a very successful businessman. And then, of course, as, as a philanthropist. So it's just amazing to put all those together. In fact, I took Carson Daly was here playing in the Pro-Am with Roy McElroy, and I had the opportunity to take he and his family through the experience. And after the movie, you know, he said something like, um, boy, don't we all feel a little inadequate after that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just, he, even he was amazed at how many different aspects of his life that he wasn't aware of. Well, I, and that has to be, uh, that has to feel really good for you. It's for a for a professional golfer, what he can show the world is what he does within the ropes. Um, but harder to show outside of that because that becomes a little bit more uh, – you're, you're bragging in that way. You're not bragging inside the ropes because your score is your score. So I, I think that's great that you and the full team can now bring all those – aspects non-golf to life that just probably haven't been noticed by everyone before yeah 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 and i and i think you know a big part of really his success in a lot of those areas is the character traits are uh, really important to to inspire others you know and especially in today's day and age with so much you know dissension and dividedness and so forth i mean he he had a real respect for people and a real in a civility about the way he treated people, um, you know, whether they were CEOs or whether they worked in the kitchen, mm. you know, uh, he made people feel good. Um, he, uh, he took time for people, you know, obviously had great integrity, um, and, uh, was a gentleman, you know, good manners, you know, famous for having people remove their hat when they come into the clubhouse or, you know, having players be clean shaven. Um, there's just a lot of values, um, about the way he carried himself, which is, a, you know, his go for it mentality, um, hard work ethic, blue collar, you know, Western Pennsylvania work ethic. Um, you know, it's really is a, as a, as a brand guy, so to speak, you know, starting my career at Procter and Gamble is really a terrific brand, you know, to carry forward. Yeah. So, so stay there for a second. So uh, Miami and then P and G, and then I think just jumping right into golf from the tour before going to the LPGA tour. So talk about the importance of brand and brand character traits, um, even back to P and G days, or maybe something you learned in Oxford. Yeah, I think, um, you know, certainly uh, getting a job straight out of Miami at P&G was a, um, you know, terrific way to, to launch my career. I'm very thankful, you know, and I got that through through Miami, through, you know, through the career placement office. They came interviewed on campus, and then I led to an interview in Cincinnati, and, you know, I had my offer with, with P&G in January of my senior year, yeah. and um, that was, um, you know, and that was all, um, 
you know, driven by uh, Miami's education and relationship with Procter & Gamble and the career placement office. So I'm very grateful for that. And, um, you know, no better place, I think, to start um, a, a marketing career for sure. Actually, I didn't start in marketing. I was a finance major at Miami. I started in, in the finance um, arm of the company, but pretty quickly realized that it was a marketing-driven company and I had more interest in that area. So luckily, I was able to, to transfer um and then, you know, was there for almost eight years and then went to the PGA Tour for 15 and then LPGA for eight and now here. So I, I kid people that I've only ever worked for companies with a P and a G in them. <laughs> P&G, PGA Tour, LPGA. And, and when I was interviewing for the Arnold Palmer job, it was Arnold Palmer Group was kind of how they characterize the, the broad scope of things. So I continued on, you know, even in this role. Uh, how did you switch from or, or the the job opportunity from P and G to the PGA Tour. What what was that? What was your last role at P and G before that switch? Uh, when I left P and G, I was brand manager of Per Plus Shampoo. Okay. Um, I- previously been brand manager of Safeguard and um, and I actually wasn't looking to leave P&G at the time. <laughs> My wife and I had, had uh, just had a baby, our first daughter um, in October. We had just bought a house up in Loveland, Sims Township uh, in the previous summer. We'd only lived in the house six months and <clears throat> I got a call from a former colleague at P&G who um, was a little junior to me and had left a year earlier, and he was he was bound and determined to get into the sports industry. So he had sent out resumes to the NFL, PGA Tour, Nike, the Dodgers, you name it. Ended up getting a job with Dunlop Flazinger, and then he heard about this opportunity at the PGA Tour, interviewed himself, but they were looking for somebody who was had become a brand manager. He said, well, I know this guy at at P&G who loves sports. I know plays golf and uh, he is a brand manager and gave him my name, called me, gave me a heads up. And sure enough, I got a call from the tour. The guy doing the um, hiring at the time, Tom Wade, uh, was also an ex-P&G person and uh, knew, you know, his kind of background that he was looking for. Um, One thing led to another and I got an offer and you know, picked up my wife and five-month-old baby and (laughs) tried to sell our house in Cincinnati and moved to Florida. (laughs) But it worked out. You know, it's twenty twenty four years ago. And were you mo- were you moving into brand management at the tour at the time, or what was the the brand manager experience that they wanted? That what was the job? Yeah. Yeah, interestingly, I came in as a director of business development, huh. um, which was really a sponsorship sales role. Yep. Um, and I had no sales experience whatsoever. Um, but what they were looking for is someone, you know, you sell to the IBMs and AT&Ts and MasterCards of the world. And um, they thought it would be um, helpful to be able to put yourself in the shoes of the brand managers or CMOs of those companies and think about their brand because it is more of a, as you know, more of a consultive sell. It's different than selling a widget, you know, mm-hmm. or vacuum cleaner or a car. It's basically selling ideas and brand associations. And and um, a funny story, really, they, at the time, the PGA Tour did um, use an outside firm um, to do some testing, you know, personality testing and competency testing and so forth. And one of the things they did was a sales test. And uh, I didn't know this until I had been hired <laughs> and been doing well. I, I failed the sales test. <laughs> and uh, But they still hired me because of <clears throat> kind of the brand marketing expertise. So 
I, I did that, you know, started out in that role and developed corporate relationships and that went well. And then, and then about four years, four or five years into um, my time with the PGA Tour, they were starting to think about, you know what, we really need to put more focus on our own brand. Uh, we do, you know, these relationships with television networks and tournaments and so forth, but nobody's really thinking about the PGA Tour brand. So they created a VP of, of brand management uh, position, and then with my background, asked me to to do that. <clears throat> so I did that for about five years. So I did end up using, you know, more directly the brand experience they had at P&G, but it wasn't it wasn't until my second job into it. Mm. And with we're through the first hundred days. Now we're in this next hundred days or getting close to the end of that. What, what do you put on that priority list for the next hundred days for you? Yeah. So a big, a big focus is going to be on the foundation, um, for the next hundred days, you know, um, really developing our longer term strategy and framework, um, and fundraising, strategy behind it and how we build out those pillars that I mentioned earlier around children's health and character development and nature-focused wellness. Um, and then there are pieces then that kind of feed into that. Um, for example, the Arnold Palmer Cup, um, as I referenced earlier, is a collegiate, you know, Ryder Cup kind of tournament. That's in early June. That's that's under the, the umbrella of the foundation. Um, we're trying to elevate that, make it an even bigger deal. Um, the Golf Channel is putting more more and more focus on um, college golf, so it fits well with their strategy um, as well. So, and then, you know, kind of leading into how we build the legacy and so forth uh, in September will be uh, what would have been Mr. Palmer's 90th birthday. So uh, we're building a campaign around um, his birthday, um, which will include 90, kind of taking the idea from the restaurant, actually, the 10, 10 amazing moments video that we saw, building that out into 90. Mm. Um, so we, for each day, the 90 days leading into his birthday, we're going to count down and amazing moment of his life or, or, you know, story about his life and uh, then have a big, you know, birthday celebration on September 10th. Um, so that's part of what we're thinking about too. Um, and, uh, you know, we're kind of in that post um, mode with Arnold Palmer Invitational reviewing uh, what went well, what didn't. Uh, we'll be meeting with the PGA Tour MasterCard in May. They get their input on that and starting to build, you know, the plans for, for next year. And then we've got a lot going on with, um, you know, Arnold Palmer Enterprises business. I, I mentioned the new relationship with Puma. Uh, so working with them on the line that will come out, the Arnold Palmer by Puma line that will come out in 2020. Um, and uh, some other new deals that we've that we've been able to put together recently. Um, and then lastly, we're we're really starting to think about the longer term plans for both Latrobe and Bay Hill, and what kind of capital improvements are needed. How do we um, build the, the Arnold Palmer story around both properties and make them even more unique and compelling? Um, you know, so there's a real difference between coming here and staying in the lodge and feeling a part of Arnold Palmer than than just a regular, you know, hotel or resort that has rooms, you know. Mm. I'm curious, stay on the Puma for a second. For someone who's now um, the CEO of Arnold Palmer Enterprises and one of um, the roles is is the name and likeness and licensed of, you know, sadly someone who's not alive. Ba- balance yep. the opportunities, how do you balance the opportunities that come in 
knowing that you could do more um, with someone who unfortunately has passed than someone who's alive because you don't need their time. And it's, it's much more of an imagery and historical video. Ba- how, how do you balance how much to do or probably more importantly, how much not to do? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, I think it comes down to just picking quality partners that, that share your vision for how, um, for what the Arnold Palmer brand is all about. And uh, that's one thing, you know, we really found in Puma, uh, that they, they went to great lengths to make sure they understood who Arnold Palmer was and what his style was and so forth. I mean, literally went to Latrobe, went through his closets, uh, look, you know, asked for all the information they could get from us. And so we really, and then shared their vision for how an Arnold Palmer by Puma line could come together uh, with design styles and so forth. And so you're right. I mean, I think um, it's just, it, it is a matter of um, having a strategy of um, a long-term strategy for the brand and how we want to position and and picking the right partners who, who share that vision. Um, in the case of Puma, it's it's been it's interesting because obviously he he never had a direct relationship um, over the years. But you look at how they've positioned themselves uh, with pretty significant growth. You know, coming more aggressively into the golf market. But the kinds of players like Ricky Fowler, Bryson DeChambeau, and and on the women's side, Lexi Thompson. Um, and then you look at particularly Mr. Palmer's younger years, his, you know, swashbuckling style, <laughs> go broke approach, you know, and the clothing and so forth that he wore. It's amazing how timeless it is and how, you know, guys today are are still emulating much of what he did and what an inspiration he was. So they saw that. Uh, we certainly saw that and really excited about, you know, where that could go. And and that style, um, timeless style and character traits that you mentioned in terms of inspiring others and respect for people, respect for the game. Uh, and you're you're in a job now too where you, you have to live up to that, which is a, a an incredible opportunity and lofty task and goal too. When when you look at your children or kids coming out of Miami or any school or young employees, what, what do you say to them about character traits and uh, how to interact and work with people? Yeah, I think you know um, it's it's amazing, and and one of the reasons I was so excited about this job is because I I really do believe in some of the key things that he did. Um, and, um, you know, probably at the top of that list is integrity, you know, which you can, you, uh, is, is so core to who you are and something that you, you know, one or two mistakes can make a big difference. You've got to, you know, you've got to always be mindful of, of how you conduct yourself and the values that you care about and being consistent, you know, in that way and being somebody who can be trusted. Um, probably first and foremost. So I think that's an important aspect. I, I really do believe in, um, you know, respect for people um, like he did. Um, I, I don't I'm not as charismatic as, as Arnold was, but, it, but in terms of, you know, no matter whether it's a CEO or an assistant or a um, you know, somebody who works on the, the greens crew or in the kitchen, um, doesn't matter. You know, every, every, human being has value and, um, and, uh, you ought to treat them with respect, you know? And so I think that's an important aspect. And then I think, you know, one thing that he, I don't, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, but one thing I think he really did well was, um, 
you know, live in the present and, mm. uh, and, you know, seize the opportunity, so to speak. Um, in fact, I was, um, you know, I was at the golf channel last week. Um, and I did a tour and I've been at, I've been at golf channel, you know, numerous times, obviously over my, my career, but I've, I hadn't had the opportunity yet to go through it with a Arnold Palmer lens and see the ways that they've, um, recognized him as a co-founder of, of golf channel. And it was really cool. Um, you know, I've got his golf cart in the lobby and they've got, um, you know, AP studio one. Um, but the thing that I, that I had not heard before actually, and it's, it's a quote in the front lobby of the golf channel was they told me the story of how, you know, when the decisions were being made on whether to go forward or not, um, with Mr. Palmer and Mr. Gibbs, and I guess a team of you know Arnold's advisors, um, there was some real skepticism about you know launching a 24-hour golf channel back in 1994. You know, they could actually launch in '95, but discussions probably '93, '94. And his quote that he ultimately you know kind of went back and forth, and it was left to him to make a decision whether or not he was going to be involved, and that was going to that was really necessary to to trigger the launch and he said hey if i hadn't decided to try to hit it through the trees sometimes in my career none of us would be here and you know talking to his his team and um he said let's do it and they did and of course it's turned into a you know multi-billion dollar business (laughs) i recommend uh if you've just listened to the pod put it on pause go listen to it again it doesn't have to be today It might be down the road, but you can hear how cerebral John is in his approach and his thought and and the organized manner of and the approach of what they're trying to do. There's no question in the next five years the Charitable Foundation and Arnold Palmer Enterprises are going to thrive and succeed to levels that they haven't been this far, even though they've done an unbelievable job. John, thanks for the time. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy the Masters the next four days. I'll see you at Skippers real soon.